Let's play ball. Look out. Here we go. Here it is. This is going to get ugly here. It is. Welcome back to Skaters on Baseball. I'm Schmitty along with Christian Cooper, and we are starting season two today. Hello, Diane. Pretty excited for baseball. Sick of hearing about the Niners and football and how all that bullshit has been just lingering forever. Stoked to see some of these new players and just stoked to get out and see some baseball. Christian, uh, you want to start out with some topics of uh, that are, you know, weighing on you? Well, shit, man. I uh, lost my dad in December. So, uh, my sort of my, my best buddy and best Giants baseball fan buddy next to you uh, ain't going to be here to critique mm. and talk a lot of shit every inning of every game this year. So, uh, that's a bummer. But baseball's coming back. I'm happy about that. And I'm just going to hope the Giants can uh, show out for them this year and do a little better than they have in the recent years. So that's that's what I can hope for. And, you know, they've made a few signings that seem like they indicate the Giants could uh, do a little better this year. <laughs> well, we're still waiting to see what their slogan's going to be for 24 because nothing like it is gots to go. Hello, Giants. My name is Jung Hoo Lee, grandson of the wind from Korea. I am here to win. So I'm not sure where we left off. I'm pretty sure we had a Young Hoo Lee episode, right? Where we, we were stoked to finally land a free agent that wanted to come to San Francisco. And he was, according to, you know, the giant brass, they said he was one of three or four people that they were really wanting to go after. And Otani and Yamamoto obviously didn't come here. So felt a little, you know, I'm, I'm excited about him and I think we discussed him, but since then they've gone out and they've got, uh, they traded away Desclafani, Stripling, um, Hanniger. We've got Robbie Ray coming in, um, off of Tommy John. So at best he'll be here after the all-star break. Uh, we got a reliever that's amazing, but he wants to be a starter in Hicks. And we just signed, and it's not official yet, but apparently he passed the physical yesterday, so they'll probably announce it today. Jorge Soler, who could be the first right-handed bat to go in the water and the first bat period since Barry Bonds to hit more than 30 home runs. I'm excited, man. I want to see some moonshots. And if we're going to lose... Hitting the Coke bottle on a loss is not a bad runner up for me. <laughs> sure, sure. Yeah, I'm 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 hyped to see the solar power in, in full effect, you know. Mm. Um the offseason has been really weird. I, I, the Robbie Ray signing, I think, could pay off in spades, could be a great deal. Uh, but again, Farhan's been shopping the clearance aisle at TJ Maxx. And uh, <laughs> we're just kind of kind of waiting to see. I, I think you and I both agree that the Giants really need to procure another arm for the rotation. And if not, at least sort of a long relief swingman type pitcher. Because really the rotation is you've got – Webb up front, the veteran. You got Harrison probably second in line. Uh, we're looking at Hicks probably the number three because Cobb is not back for a while. And beyond that, it's Tristan Beck, it's Keaton Wynn, and uh, really seems like they could they could benefit by solidifying that rotation just to give the young guys a little breathing room. 
right? I think that if, uh, you know, they start out and Beck and Wynn are both in the rotation and they get off to a rocky start, I mean, where do you turn at that point? You don't really have much. Um, so that's a little bit of a concern. I, I, I would hope that they load up on another arm. I think in terms of bats and, and fielding and defense and, and a little bit of added speed, I, I think they did okay. You know, it's not exactly what we would have liked, but it's better than nothing. And I think it's better than a lot of teams have done in the offseason. So there's that to be excited about, you know. Um, and we saw uh, Luis Matos apparently been hitting the gym in the offseason because the guy looks yoked. Ooh, he's bulked up. I'm excited. His warning track hits are going to be home runs, man. Uh, yep. He looks like he did exactly what we were hoping he would do. And with a good eye and pretty good percentage bat to ball, um, that's a dude that, can stay in the lineup if his balls start going over the fence instead of long fly ball out. You know what I'm saying? Like he, he doesn't strike out a lot and he does hit for a decent average. The, his game, the problem he had was his power. He, he's a young kid that wasn't strong enough. You know, he, he could hit the ball out on a really solid shot, but a lot of balls were going to the warning track. So I'm interested to see how that's going to develop. I don't have to say this twice, but I'm fucking through the roof that disclafani has gone. I hated that dude. And uh, Stripling, he he's on the other side of the bay with Alex Wood and Trevor Gott. So the A's are really starting to get forever giants along the whole staff, <laughs> it looks like, over there. They're um, bulking up on a bunch of ex-giants <clears throat> to go where exactly? We have no idea because it sounds like Vegas might be a mm -hmm. might fall through. And then what, where are the A's going to end up? I think we were joking around with that in the dispatch last year about where where do they go exactly? And uh, I was uh, reading Sacramento from 25 to 27. So we'll see. There's rumors all over the mill with all the A stuff. And I feel bad for Oakland and their fans and everything. But to me, if they don't sell the team, I just don't even care. Like that owner is a piece of, you know, POS, as they say. But uh, absolutely. What I'm stoked about is seeing how Lee is going <clears> to <throat> acclimate to United States, how his English is going to improve, how he's going to get comfortable and how he's going to play against major league uh, opponents for the first time. I really think this guy has the most charisma I've seen on the team since, wait a minute, did they just sign non-roster Pablo Sandoval? <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. Um, I don't know if this is a publicity stunt to um, do something similar to what they did with Romo last year because Panda's last at bat was with the Atlanta Braves. So maybe they just want him to retire a giant. There's no way, like everyone that's got their panties in a bunch, I promise you this, Panda at best will be in Sacramento, but he ain't going to be on the Giants unless it's for one game and that's to retire a giant. I can promise you that. I'm not really worried about it. I think he's going to add some media excitement and probably some fun and like his energy is great. He's 37 years old though. And he hasn't, you know, come on, let's be serious. This is a very weird situation. 
Yeah, he, well, he's been in, out of any real serious competitive level baseball for, what, two seasons already? And, uh, yeah, it's probably something akin to the Romo deal, which actually was really a train wreck in terms of, you know, he couldn't even record an out. The umpires were actually, like, not cutting him any breaks when they should have been. I mean, that whole situation just sucked, right? In a year of suck, that was just kind of like icing on the cake in a way. So, yeah, the panda's back, and, I mean, it's – He's a good guy, you know. We like him. He he definitely contributed to those those championship runs, and and he did some stuff after after he went to Boston and came back. He he kind of slid in nicely there as sort of a, a pinch hitter at times and for free. Um, and he and he got some stuff done. So um, all credit due to him. I just think you know it's one of those things. Yeah, it's probably very much a symbolic signing and something to get people to talk about uh, something other than what they haven't done in the past couple of weeks, you know, aside from the Solaire deal. Um, so, yeah, it's I don't have any real, uh, I you know, concept of him ever playing again at the major league level for the Giants unless it's, like he said, sort of a tribute inning or, you know, they'll probably let him pitch, right? Because that's what, that was one of his last – last appearances for the Giants as he, he actually pitched, which was just bizarre to me. Well, I was um, going to say, everyone's going to wear their Let Pablo Pitch shirt. It's going to be Bay Bridge Series, the first game at SF against Oakland before the season starts. Pablo's the starting pitcher. He'll pitch as long as he's able to, which might be one batter. I mean, there's no scout report on Sandoval, so what he has. Then he tips his hat. They take him off. Hunter Pence runs out, takes him off the field, and <laughs> away we go. Part two. There's uh, the sequel to uh, Sergio Romo. There you go. There you go. Well, let's talk a little bit about what uh, the guys that they do have that are actually going to play. Um, it's seemingly now with the Solaire signing, he's most likely going to be their full-time DH, right? I mean, you can't see this guy getting too much service time in the field. Um, not because... He's not necessarily, you know, terrible on defense, but I think with the defensive options the Giants have, like he doesn't really fit in the outfield so much. So it's more of a DH situation. I mean, we're looking at, we still got Yastrzemski out there. We got Matos who's bulked up and looks like he could be a stronger guy. And he's, he's great on defense. Uh, Lee is going to come in and, and make some dramatic sliding catches. You've seen the highlight reels. And then in right, you know, Conforto's still around and we've got a couple of other guys too. So I think that, you know, in, in terms of the Solaire thing, he's probably just going to be a bat. And three years of a power bat as a, pretty much a full-time DH is a great thing, you know, have that solidified. I think they monkeyed around way too much in the last couple of years with who was DHing, right? And, you know, was they didn't have one solid guy who could hit from both sides with a lot of power, so they had to keep, you know, platooning the DH spot. And it's like, man, that's not really what you want. You want one guy who's just a bopper, who's just going to come in, and no matter who's pitching, he's going to put the fear of God in him, right? Mm. I think Solaire could be that guy. So... That's exciting, you know. And I think the the that they don't have any pressure to put them in the outfield. They have so many good um, defensive outfielders. That's going to help what is arguably his um, biggest weakness, which is staying on the field. He tends to get injured sometimes, and so if he's not playing in the field and he's only DHing, that should help with his health i would think that like yeah. on, only batting and whatnot i don't know dude well, i'm i'm more stoked about solaire than correa i'll tell you that like 
when Correa was announced, I was like, uh, it felt like a fifth option to me. And I was like, this guy, he just, he, he's good. He's definitely good, but he didn't stoke me on any level. So Lair, his bat is a big deal. Like going to batting practice and seeing that guy hit bombs. That's exciting. Sure. Sure. And, you know, like you said, with the injury stuff, I mean, if he's only the DH, the only injuries you really have to worry about is him, you know, pulling up with a with a hammy on the way to first base trying to beat out a hit. Otherwise, he's, he's not going to be colliding with the wall or running into other guys out there. And so I think, yeah, if he can stay healthy, he's, he's going to be potent in the DH spot. Um, it just... Uh, it's actually, yeah, more exciting than Correa. I'm, I'm with you on that. And if for no other reason, just for the fact that Correa was going to come and basically bump Craw out of the spot that he had been occupying for so long and he was a master at. And now we were going to have to watch this dude from the Astros come in, take his place, and watch him either convert to second, which would have pushed Tyro out. I mean, that whole Correa thing, the more you think about it, you're just like, oh, I'm glad they didn't give that guy. I mean, the years and the money, oof. Yeah, retrospect terrible. And like also that just set set the the mood for the season. So you got Kapler and all his like moves that are kind of crazy and then you start the season off with that just media. It was a nightmare the way that whole thing was handled. This year we got and I do want to mention that I did go up to Napa for um FanFest. And Bob Melvin was there, Matt Williams, Conforto, Tyro Estrada, uh, Patrick Bailey. And it doesn't take me long to get stoked, man. I just walked in there and saw one or two of those guys. Tyro looked like he was the nicest I've ever seen him. Like he felt, he looked like he was excited to be there and stoked and stuff. Conforto kept talking about how much he loves San Francisco. Uh, Bob Melvin being back in the Bay Area with, with uh matt williams at his side and then pat burrell wasn't there but like all that stuff is just like kind of like what i would do like the way they're doing that is spot on so in my mind i totally am right there with you they need a starting pitcher and i've been thinking about this a lot actually because i'm like you know the whole thing has been kind of like okay if they were going to spend as much money as they want would they get Snell or Montgomery? Those are the two top pitching free agents available. And we all know the strengths and weaknesses of both those. Snell, two Cy Youngs, but doesn't seem to get past the fifth or sixth inning very often. He doesn't go deep into games. So you're going to use a lot of your bullpen. He does strike out a lot of people, but he does walk a lot of people also. Montgomery had a huge last year he's been in the postseason stuff but he doesn't have the consistency necessarily that i'm stoked on and and so i don't know if it's kind of like a bellinger situation where it's like uh you're paying five years for a guy that only had like you know two-thirds of a great season or whatever but here's the question is because the yankees already offered snell five years 150 million so and snell turned that down so to, if the Giants are going to go after Snell, let's just say Snell is your guy. What do you want? What are you willing to offer this guy? Like, do you are you going to give him six years? Because I say hell no. 
uh, if it's four or five years and the money is up, I'd way rather go that route. Like if they can go four years for 160 million, I'm in. Like, I don't really care about the money because the Giants can go over the tax thing for all I care. Next right. season, a lot of these guys are going to be gone and off the books. I, I think this isn't going to affect them in any way. If let's say we want Soto next year or Alonzo or one of these big guns, they can still get those guys even with overpaying a pitcher this year. And to be honest, those guys are going to be more likely to come here if we have a squad. And so we're kind of building this squad that like a dude like Alonzo could look at and go, wow, you got Robbie Ray, you got, uh, you know, Webb, you got like the staff is the best catcher, supposedly defensively, like great catcher. Some of these younger guys are starting to be proven. Wait, you signed Corbin Burns too? I'm in, you know what I mean? Like <laughs> that would be it. If we got Corbin Burns next year and Alonzo, fuck. Yeah, that would, I, that would be make it. <laughs> it would be a monster squad. I, I've been trying to sort of toss around the Montgomery versus Snell thing a little bit and try to figure out what exactly is the plan to Giants in terms of what the pitching staff looks like next year and the following year only. So if the emphasis is on the young guys developing and becoming part of, you know, a standard part of the rotation – i.e. one of Beck or Wynn and Harrison works out and he ends up being, you know, the all-star stud that we think he's going to be. Um, you know, then with Ray in the mix and Webb has got his extension, then it's potentially better maybe to sign Montgomery to a one-year deal, right? A two-year deal rather than, well, I, I don't know. I mean, it sounded like Texas originally was trying to re-sign him on a, on another one-year deal, and he was in agreement, but then it all fell through, right? So to me, it's like, was it the money or was it that he wants more years? I mean, nobody's really sure. Obviously, these guys with Boris, they want as many years and as many dollars as possible. Um, I just feel like if, if, the, if the goal state of the Giants rotation is to develop these young guys and make them, you know, the stalwarts of the rotation along with Webb, then you've already got Robbie Ray who's going to be coming back and hopefully he's as strong as he's been able to be in the past. And you got Cobb coming back and now you got so many options that, you know, if Snell wants so many years and so much money, you could just do a short-term deal and then just wait around for what comes up in free agency next year and the following year, right? And that's that's the kind of thing I haven't been able to really figure out yet is what what is the return on investment? What's the what's the risk versus you know reward and all of that? I mean, it's it's hard to say at this point. It's a little bit in flux, right? And I think this this idea about signing guys who aren't able to pitch until after the All Star break is it's always a little shaky, right? You're like, ah. Uh, what if he comes back and he just doesn't have it? You know, we just paid a lot of money for that, right? Did a trade and, and we still had to pay money. So we'll see. I, I, I'm, I just, I can't really give you a solid opinion one way or the other on that. You know, I know what I'd like. I'd like to get Snell on a three-year deal. That would be the best possible for scenario, sure. right? No, you I was going to oh, say, if it's the same exact deal, I want Snell. Like if it's either guy for three years and whatever amount of money, I want Snell. But if right. it's six years, I don't really want – I don't think I even wanted Yamamoto for six years. Like the Dodgers giving him like nine or 11 or whatever they gave him, mm -hmm. to me that's insane. Yeah. 
Because no he's unproven. And just who cares? Like, I, w- I don't even think I would do that for Corbin Burns. Like, that's just too many years for a pitcher. The pitchers always break down. There's been like four that, you know, there's even Scherzer breaks down like pretty regularly. Verlander was breaking down. It's just, I think it's such a gamble. Right. Right. So, right. And, well, especially and, when they're hard throwers, like guys that throw hard, it's like yeah. their elbows or every pitch they throw is like taking a little chunk out of them, taking a little chunk out of them. Right. Um, you know, some of the guys in, in, in the past, like decades ago, Glavin and some of these dudes, the Braves pitchers, like they weren't super hard throwers. So they had the longevity. Right. Um, nowadays, it's like velocity is is a lot more important. It seems like, and there's a lot more hard throwers in the league. So, yeah, guys don't last as long. And signing pitchers to you know potentially nine, ten, eleven, twelve year deal just seems insane. Seems insane. So, yeah, as far as the Dodgers are concerned, they spent all the money and they got all the names. And you know what? Fuck the Dodgers. I don't yeah. really think it's going to work for them the way they think it's going to work. Right. Yeah, we'll uh, see. You know, I mean, they're stacked, no doubt. No, they're gonna they're gonna be a great baseball team, but I just feel like it's they've had this long running reputation for just let's just buy up all the most expensive available talent that we can get. It's kind of like the Yankees of the eighties and nineties, and um, you see how that works out. Like, how many World Series did the Dodgers have since nineteen eighty eight? Well, <laughs> a half of one. Yeah, you know. It's and true. last year, last year getting swept out of the playoffs in the divisional round, like, I don't know, man. I don't know how much this is really going to change things for them. And look right? at the Mets and Padres last year. Like, at the beginning of the year, you're like, Jesus Christ, these guys are stacked. Neither team made the playoffs. That's right. That's so right. I, mean, I, I, I do think they have to play 162 <laughs> games and they have to win. You know, like, they, they still they can't just show up. Like, they, just because they're talented doesn't, you know, slumps can happen, injuries can happen, and other teams can outperform you. Like, all that is why we love baseball. Yep, yep. So, so I mean, I, I think we can look at it in terms of, like, you know, obviously the Dodgers are going to be trying to be the top of the division and Arizona is going to try to repeat what they did last year, whether they're capable of that or not. Uh, we'll, we'll find out probably within two months, you know, um, Padres do they burn payroll. I mean, they, they could be going down in the standings. Colorado has done absolutely nothing. So the giants are sitting basically like number three right now. That's, that's where I'm putting them in terms of just to start the season. That's where I see them finishing. I could be wrong. You know, they could come out better, but I, I just kind of see it that way. It seems like the structure is already there. I think and, the uh, Giants are a shoo-in for third, and they can be battling for second, like, with everything the way it is. But if something happens, like I said, you never know what's going to happen. If there's a injury for, like, the whole season, if Shohei comes unglued, like, who knows what's going to happen with these big surgeries and all these different things. Um the one thing we all agree on is the Giants, it's just going to be really, I don't know, I, I'm not stoked if they go in with the pitching staff the way it is. I think they need, and I hope that the reason this is taking a while is because they're trying to make a trade. Because uh, we had an Instagram guy uh, email in a question, <laughs> his name was Kahutek, and he asked, <laughs> what do we do with Joey Bart? And the obvious is trade the guy. I don't know if anyone wants them, but like, let's get rid of Joey Bart and Villar and maybe a couple other dudes and get, 
I don't know if Dylan Cease is our guy, but like somebody that, you know, if we can't agree with Boris and Snell and Montgomery, what if we just trade some of our guys for a starting pitcher that's a veteran that comes in with some presence, gives us like, you know, a two or three starter. It doesn't have to be the number one gun. We got Webb, but just somebody that has presence in the and can help these young guys grow and also be reliable to be in there every week. Because Hicks could turn out to be like this diamond in the rough. I mean, we don't know what we're going to get with Hicks, but I think the worst case scenario is he's in the bullpen with Doval holding it down like super good as a uh, reliever. But, you know, Patrick Bailey was in the paper yesterday saying this guy's stuff is insane. He really loves the slider and he brings heat like he's averaging high 90s. He can hit 105 if he really lets it go. But I think he's going to pace himself and not throw his arm out because he's a starter now. But all of these things, it's the same for me every year that I hate. It's like if maybe <laughs> I just want a guy that's like this guy is proven and he's going to give you at least this, you know, right. and, and, and then those other things can be like, well, if Ray comes back, then he, well, that's going to be great. But if he doesn't, we still got this going, you know, yeah. if fucking there's so much if, and maybe, and I think like, man, Farhan loves to sign a Tommy John guy. He does. Hey. He does. It's uh. I mean, I, I looked at the Hicks signing and I thought, well, this kind of makes sense. The guy's a converted reliever, you know, that's they, they, they basically want to use him as a starter, but it's sort of like he throws that hard. Maybe by the all-star break, he's gassed as a starter anyway. And mm. when one of, you know, when Cobb's back and when Robbie Ray's able to pitch, then it's real easy to just transition him back to the bullpen. Right. Like you said, late inning guy who throws heat, like, Great. Good move. You know, he's going to get his, his salaries guaranteed. doesn't matter whether he's starting or, or pitching out of the pen. He's still going to get paid. And uh, he de- he does have pretty wicked stuff. I've watched some tape on him and I was just like, all right. I haven't seen it much like that in San Francisco in a while. I like that, you know. So we'll, we'll see what happens. I, you know, uh, my my thing now is just kind of trying to figure out like, you know, we know Tyro is probably going to be super solid. Right. And we know that Luciano is a complete who knows what's going to happen at short. Yeah. And then we got Davis at third and we got Schmidt behind him. And if Luciano doesn't work out at short, you know, maybe Schmidt is gliding in there. And as far as first base, I guess they're just going to stick it out with Lamont Wade for a while, which I'm I'm OK with because of his on base and the number of walks that he draws. And just, yeah, we love Wade. He doesn't strike out a lot. And, and I think he's, you know, he might not be built per se to be the perfect first baseman but in terms of what he gives you just basic performance daily guy's great man yeah absolutely so, um, I, you know if they, they had signed somebody else they had brought in hoskins or something okay yeah you would have you would have seen him probably move over but it's like i'm good with that i just i'm just kind of wondering what what else is going to go on at third base and short and we'll see what happens in spring you know? Yeah, it's not what I want at all, and I'm trying to, like, cope with it because it's kind of like when, I don't know, I'm just being pessimistic for this situation, but <laughs> I really think the Giants are going to sign Chapman. I, I'll be surprised if they don't, and it's not really the move I would make, 
But the way they've treated J.D. Davis with the arbitration over $300,000, which is just insane to me, this guy proved that, like, he stepped up so big last year. His exit velocity, his defense improved. He's he's a he's a giant. He's a gamer. I love the dude. Uh, but the way they treated him and with the talks of Chapman just constantly being in the media, it just seems like they're getting ready to trade J.D. and bring in Chapman and then have Schmidt be shortstop and third base backup guy. That's kind of what I see happening. I don't. I, I kind of sold myself on Bellinger for a couple minutes and I, <laughs> I, I'm retracting. I don't really want Bellinger. Um, I guess I'd rather have Chapman than Bellinger just because I don't want an ex Dodger anymore. Like that's yep. part of it. And also Bellinger's exit velocity dipped and who knows what he really is. He had a great year last year, but like he definitely could just fall apart again. We don't know. Um, so if you're like, oh, the Giants are going to get one of the Boris four, for sure, at least one. I just think if I'm a gambling man, I'm betting it's Chapman. All right. Well, but the, we'll it see. should be a pitcher. I, I mean, I, I, it yeah, needs I it to be, be Montgomery or Snell. So, yeah. but we'll yeah. see. Yeah, the the Bellinger thing is just, it, it's kind of, you have to wonder, why has nobody signed this guy? You know, I mean, he's been an MVP right he's got power he's got speed great defense but he does have the streaky you know maybe not quite as streaky as brandon belt but definitely in that in that realm of like man i'm gonna give you a hot month but then for the next three weeks i'm gonna be a hot mess uh we've seen him do that and i just i just wonder if a lot of teams are just looking at it going like man too many years, too much money for a guy who's, you know, potentially going to give me two thirds of a season of greatness and a third of either injury or just complete malfeasance on the field. So who knows? Um, yeah, it's Chapman. I hope they don't do it, but if they do, what, what, what can we say about it? Right. I mean, it's like in terms of the, the defense at third, it's definitely an upgrade over Davis to an extent in terms of the hitting, well, that's a coin flip, right? Because we've seen Chapman's offense drop off in the last couple of years. And J.D. Davis is still right up there as one of the highest ranked players for hard hit balls, you know, exit velocity. And so, yeah, uh, if, if, he, if he doesn't come, I'm totally good with it. If he comes, we have to live with it, right? Yeah, that's how I'm looking at it. But I'm also I'm looking at it as if he does come, I think it gives the pitchers a little exhale. Like, I think his defense is so good that the pitchers would love to have him over there, especially if they're going to give Luciano an extended look at shortstop, who's not the most gifted defensive shortstop. So yeah. having a third baseman that has tons of range, a great arm, and can just dig it like nobody's business – I mean, Webb and all these guys, when Cobb comes back, they're ground ball pitchers. They're, they're going right. to love an infield that has, you know, Tyro's great at second. Um, Wade is pretty good. He, obviously, he's not a first baseman, and he's a converted first baseman, but he's done pretty well over there. Luciano seems to be the guy that everyone's like, we don't know how well he's going to play over there. And that's such an important position, especially after having Craw, who was like one of the best defensive shortstops. Um, having Lee in center, that's going to be huge. Yaz, I think, is going to play right because he just plays so well in Oracle and right. 
And then I think Conforto, maybe he's going to have to play left because Soler's our DH now. I think they were going to have Sol, uh, Conforto DH a lot, but now that they have Soler, I think Conforto is going to have to play in the field. Sure, sure. Well, you know, it'd be, it, it, I think it's going to be sort of like a revolving chair, revolving door thing in the outfield, uh, unless something really happens to solidify it in spring training. Now, we're talking about what? We're basically a week away from the first sort of like pre-exhibition exhibition games. Is that it? Uh, oh, shit. Oh, skaters on baseball hats. Yeah. Good Lord. Got like four or five of those. Um, nice. Yeah. No, I think so, you're right. They're going to see, like, how's Matos looking? How's, uh, you know, even Ramos? Like, there's the young kids are definitely going to get some at-bats and get some uh, defensive plays in spring training to get a feel for, like, who's legit. I mean, Fitzgerald was my guy last year, so I don't know. Yeah, and then there's that uh, that, that guy that's sneaking in out of the shadows, Bryce Eldridge, that Ooh. nobody talked about, and then all of a sudden everybody's talking about him. So... It, it'll be interesting. I, I, I'm much more excited to sort of see how much time the young guys get and what they're capable of. And even the guys who are like in their, their sort of second year, like, uh, oh, God, uh, you know, like Ramos getting out there in spring training, see what he can do. Blake Sable, seeing what he's going to be, you know, is he is he going to be a backup catcher to a backup catcher now that they signed the other backup catcher, or is he actually going to be the backup catcher? I mean, we don't, we don't really know these things. So just, uh, just excited to see some, some preseason ball and see what people can do. You know, obviously everybody's just kind of ramping up, but you can tell a lot by watching a couple of spring training games usually, you know? Yeah. It's, uh, it's going to be interesting. Definitely. I'm, I mean, next Friday is first, first spring season game. They're, right, they're right, jumping right, in and uh right. but you know here's the saltiness i'll throw on this podcast if i see brett wisely or meckler on the giant squad like at oracle this year that's not going to bring it for me those guys don't bring stoke and so give ramos a chance give matos a chance give fitzgerald a chance give schmidt a chance like there's certain guys that I look at and I'm like, with the amount of reps, these guys could be like really good players. Then there's guys that come up that you're like, wait, this guy's smaller than me. Like what the hell? <laughs> and and they make a bunch of mistakes. They strike out. It's like, man, what is going on? We need an exciting team, whether they win or lose. Like that's like right. really important this year, especially for a fan base that's just a hundred percent anti Farhan and like nobody's stoked right now. So it's going to take a lot to like bring in some people other than wins. Like obviously everyone's a bandwagon dude. So if, if they're winning, people are going to be there no matter what, but if they're right. not winning, they're going to need to do more than have Pat Burrell be the hitting coach, you know, like right. they're going right. to need to have some dudes and Hicks will be exciting. And one of the things that people aren't talking a lot about, which is surprising is we're going to have a full year unless he gets hurt of Harrison. And this guy is like one of the top 10 left-handed pitchers in baseball. Like this guy has so much potential and ceiling. He's young. He hasn't even reached near his potential. 
And it's going to be exciting as fuck. Like, it's going to be kind of like a Lincecum vibe, I think, every time he pitches. Like, you're going to want to be out there to see what he does. I mean, that first game he pitched, he had like, what, 11 or 12 strikeouts? It was like, wow, this is what we, you know? So if he can do yeah. something like that and Hicks can do some strikeout shit, it's like, okay. And then Solaire's hitting bombs. Okay. You know, like, yep. now yep. who are the young guys developing? Okay. Like, now we're kind of excited about our team win or lose. Yeah. Yeah. And that dynamic pitch, I think makes a huge difference in terms of, you know, you're a fan, you know, you want to go out there. I mean, obviously you want to see guys get hits. You want to see guys generate offense, but there's nothing like watching, you know, vintage McCain, vintage Bumgarner, vintage Timmy. These guys just, you wanted to be at every game that those guys were starting because you knew you were seeing masters at work, right? I mean, they mm. really, in their prime, those guys are just, they were incredible, right? And and in that championship era, that little run that they had, even the bullpen was like that, you know? You you didn't want the starter to get pulled, but you knew, like, oh, they're going to bring in Javi Lopez right here. He's just going to shut the whole thing down. This is awesome. And I think that's the thing that, you know, that dynamic pitching this year, there's an opportunity to see a lot of that, I think, with the guys that they've got and sure. build on it once, you know, guys like Ray and Cobb are available. I mean, it, there's a lot of ways it could go. And and I think the numbers don't really accurately depict, you know, how good Keaton Wynn was last year. So they're deep in that respect. And I think, like, everybody, you know, who's grousing about, like, even you and I are saying, oh, we need another arm, you know. It's like they got some pretty good ones in there. It's not It's not like uh, – sure. It's not like not they they got the bottom of the barrel by any stretch. There's a lot of talk like about the, the young guys, too. sort of. Yep, yep. So the young guys kind of like just complement the the couple of veterans they got, and uh, I mean, dude, pitching can be as exciting as hitting. You know that. So I'm hoping that 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 works out. And I just think for any Giants fans that are out there just grousing like I was a little while ago, it's like, fuck, man. I mean, in in a in a really thin free agent year, the Giants actually did I think my opinion make some pretty good signings and definitely gonna be a better team on the field this year. Yeah, I mean they're one signing away from having like a at least a B uh performance on the offseason. Like if they got like another pitcher or something like I think they did really well. Uh something I wanted to add to um the addition of subtraction, as they say, like Schadenfreude um being stoked on somebody else's demise. There's this song and it goes baseball, hot dogs, apple pie, and not Waymo. We love baseball, hot dogs, apple pie, and Chevrolet. And Chevrolet is the new patch. And I can't be more stoked, dude. If Sergio Romo comes out to throw the first pitch in an Impala, fuck yeah, dude. Let's do this. I've backed yeah. that hard, dude. That's pretty sick. That finally, those Waymo cars are driving me crazy. I'll tell you this. You get into a car without a driver, I don't know what the hell you're thinking. <laughs> Let me see. That's baseball, hot dogs, apple pie, and Chevrolet, huh? Well, the cruise cars are permanently off the road, which was the actual uh, sleeve sponsor, right? They've been removed. Oh, it was cruise. That's right. You're right. So, and then, and then the other day, somebody crowd torched one of those Waymo cars in the city. So, yeah. and, you know, the natives are restless. All the, if they start serving apple pie at Oracle, we're all set because then you Here got the go. original. Original Chevy commercials from the old Giants radio broadcast back in the 70s, right? That's what I'm talking um, about. You know, I, 
I'm just going to look past the fact that they highlighted the letters EV and Chevrolet. I'm just going to try to ignore that and uh, move on. Nothing to see here, right? <laughs> what does that mean? Electric vehicle. Oh, shit. I didn't even put that uh, together. Chevy, Chevy Volt, those those ones that people have been plugging in, and then they wake up and their house is on fire. That Those <laughs> things, anyways. Well, I, it's, think, uh, I think it's cruising down the street in my six fell. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Chevy Impala. Cool, well, man. Well, dude, I'm looking forward to it. We got, we got less than a week before an actual uh, physical baseball game. The pitchers and catchers are there. The field players are obviously most of them are already there, even though they weren't required to be there. So mm. the workouts are in full swing and uh, can't wait. Can't wait to see some spring games. Are you, uh, are you going to head out to any spring stuff this year or mm. just kind of hang and stay and put that's um to be determined uh the only way i'm probably going out there is if i get um penciled in to cover phoenix am this year which i kind of hate to say this but i am hoping i don't because i've just been dealing with severe arthritis pain and thinking about like being out on a event course with that big fish eye and stuff just seems like it wouldn't be that great for my back and shoulders and stuff, but I love Cowtown and Laura and Trent so much that I'd probably end up doing it if I was asked to. Um, yeah. But I'll definitely be tuning in. I love the radio. Oh, by the way, we, I don't know if I told you, but Cheryl and I went to breakfast last week and John Miller was eating with us, not at our table, but at the same restaurant. And I was like, John, what's up? And then him and his wife and their daughter came up and talked to Cheryl and I for like 20 or 25 minutes, just about how much they love SF that they like just moved you know, they used to live on the coast and so now they live in the city and they've been going to like, you know, see musicals and see the light shows on the buildings and just checking out new things for the first time for them because it's, you know, the city's new and they right. were just so nice and cool. And like John was telling us how he went to Hayward High and then he's like, I went to college of San Mateo. And I was like, Me too. Or like, you know, like it. So just it was it was a good buzz going into this like kind of you can smell the grass. I, I walked by Oracle the other day and they had all the rolls of grass that they're like gonna roll out and they're gonna put the new turf on and stuff. So yeah, it's exciting. Um if there is a huge signing before in the near future we'll probably do like an emergency podcast or something to hype that up but otherwise we'll probably just check in maybe after the spring season starts and get a look at a couple games and see what's going on how we're doing seeing if you know the young guys are looking good if the new guys are looking good what's going on and uh i did want to mention tony trujillo hit me up with a question on the uh, instagram and he said who is the Taylor Swift of baseball? And if whoever it is, beam them. <laughs> uh, I got to think about that one because there's a few that could likely fall into the Taylor Swift uh, category. But yeah. 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 Well, shit, Smitty, I want to try to uh, I want to try to get to a game on maybe the second or third homestand of the year because I'm going to be spending a lot of time up in that area oh, okay. and uh dude, we do definitely got to go go to a couple games so um maybe we can do a little little live stream from the game and oh be yeah fun. that'd be fun yeah and i did get like 
three or four. I got a little handful of beanies and then a few more hats, the black trucker hats with the patches on them, skaters on baseball. If Sweet. anybody's interested, we're on the Instagram, skates on base. You can reach out. And uh, I think I got like two beanies left and a few hats left. Um, but yeah, other than that, just excited about baseball. Yep. 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 It's the best time of the year. It's coming up right around All the right. corner. All right. Well, they say sequels are never good, but season two is going to be a blast. You know that. So hell yeah. Hell yeah. Looking forward to it all year long. Good talking. And we'll talk soon. Right on, Schmitty. All right. Have a good one. I'm going to go open up some of these new Tops 2024 Series 1 cards I just got yesterday. See you guys next time. Late. Let's go, San Francisco. Let's go, Giants. Thanks for listening to this episode of Skaters on Baseball. If you liked what you heard, please spread the word. Give us a good review or hell, blow us up on your social media if you're down. Follow us at Skates on Base on Instagram for baseball news and other fun stuff. We love comments and listener participation, so bring it with an audio clip or an email. You can email us at skatersonbase at gmail.com. We're everywhere you get your podcasts, and we'll be here all season long. See you soon. Thank you.